This is Small Changes, Stark Reality on jasoncharles.net. What's up, party people? How the hell are you? Another episode of Stark Reality coming your way. This one featuring my man, my mellow, Tony Conqueror. Tony is a longtime New York City DJ. Been spinning for well over 15 years. Currently, he hosts a uh, new podcast on the Face Radio called Coconut Grove which explores the cultural exchange between Caribbean and American music from all different eras. Also held down a reggae show on B-Box Radio for a number of years. And we talk about, of course, music, his own musical journey from uh, hip-hop and punk roots into reggae and beyond. Uh, Records that you can cross genres with. Dealing with anxiety during the pandemic, which I think is a really good topic. And uh, he really dealt with it and came out of it. Plus a shout-out to Father German, who is a well-respected and loved person in the New York reggae scene who unfortunately passed recently. And even just ridiculous centrist trolls that reported him to Facebook for being a Russian bot. This is real-life people. (laughs) Anyway, he's good people. Got some good insights. And... uh, Interview runs a little over an hour, plus he blessed us with a mix that is uh, some soothing sounds to kind of aid in this wonderful time we're living in. Tony Conqueror here on Stark Reality, starting about now. Cheers. you drinking <laughs> uh i'm just drinking uh i'm just drinking some of that what is it zen tea oh yeah the tazo just some basic tazo i don't even know how to say these things <laughs> we got some special honey though um, i didn't really indulge right now right local honey um special <laughs> but actually okay. some local stuff uh my uh my lady's um parents their neighbor is a bee, you know, uh, what do you call it? A beehiver. <laughs> a beekeeper. Oh, nice. Beekeeper. Yeah. Front so he has a few hives, there. and yeah, it's kind of cool because, uh, you know, he just bottles his own stuff, and the address is like one over. 
So yeah. it's kind of like uh, uh, hilarious. Nice. Yeah, you need that, man. You gotta, you gotta keep the bees. You gotta literally keep the bees because uh, there's not enough of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were saying uh, you knew someone that did that. Oh yeah, yeah. A friend, a friend of mine in Connecticut um, had a little. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you call that. Bee, bee hive, honeycomb, something <laughs> like, you know. Maybe he just had a bee's nest in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, know. He he, uh, he kept bees. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Anyways, not not what I expected <laughs> to talk to you about today, though, because we ranted no. about all kinds of other things. But uh, yeah, we don't have to talk about bees all day. We don't have to get into this per se, but uh, you got reported as a Russian bot. Is that correct? Yeah, that's insane, man. It, <laughs> this it, is it, real it, life, like, by the way, people. This is happening like, real, I, real time. I know, and I'm, I I make fun of these people all the time, like these these liberals online, these like blue check mark people um, with their insane takes, and I've never really come across one in the wild, you know, that I've like interacted with personally, and and like some of my friends are like this, and I just try to keep the discourse really civil and polite and you know not call them stupid babies or anything um i try to be you know really good to my friends in that way but like when i see strangers like with these insane takes like i just can't really like withhold my um you know contempt uh not really contempt but just like what it's what the hell is your problem you know yeah and, uh, it's kind of crazy it, it does seem like it's this sort of a uh, backwards thinking you know like yeah, uh, so that, that just... if you're for Medicaid for all, you're uh, you know you're you're an, you know anti-feminist or something like all these things that just have been concocted. It's just crazy, you know. Yeah, like the counter message. Such a such such a like binary you know frame of, of mind that they have that it's like you're either one or the other. So if you if you you know you denigrate any <laughs> type of uh, you know neoliberal. Um, you're automatically a Trump supporter, and uh, God, there there should just be like a wide spectrum of uh, you know of 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 beliefs, uh, not not just uh, you know capital D Democrat or uh, capital R Republican, you know. Yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. It's sort of uh, I forgot about this article, but it was written in the mid two thousands. But it was talking about how. The Democrats have functioned as a sort of pulley that only goes in one direction. So, you know, yeah. moves a little to the right, then the Democrats kind of hold it or even go a little bit to the right. But then they also open the door for a Republican to come in to go, you know, nuts. And then, you know, it's just crazy, you know. So yeah. it's just a general right wing, rightward shift, you know. And then it's not, yeah. then we're left with no, not a real choice. Someone bragging that. They didn't. They don't. They're against Medicare for all in a pandemic. It's just. It's. It's psychotic, you know. Yeah. To think that this is like <laughs> legit choices, but I mean, you know. And I understand. I think there's been some good like arguments from people that are not, you know, preaching to people. They're just basically saying, hey, you know, and they've definitely been trashing, you know, the corporate end of this Democratic Party. But they're saying like, hey, you know. I'm going to vote for Biden just because I'm in Florida or whatever. People can do whatever they want to do, but I think it's a lot different than, you know, these sort of like people trying to shame people into voting when, you know, in my opinion, they're not even paying attention to what's going on in the world, you know? That, that's my main issue with it is that like 
and and again a lot of my friends are like this um you know their their hearts are in the right place you know they they're good caring people but um the 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 takes that that some of them have just kind of like indicate to me that they're not paying enough attention you know like like when i see things like yo pelosi is the queen or like cuomo's daddy you know like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, something people don't even talk about is all the, like the nursing homes or the jails and just yes, so much the stuff jails. that that New York has more deaths than a lot of countries, you know. So yeah. I don't think it's necessarily you should look and say that that is a banner head of like how you should handle things, you know. Yeah, it's kind of uh, yeah. There's there's plenty of problems with someone and and. Someone like Cuomo or Pelosi, they've been awful for decades. I mean, they're just trying yeah. true neoliberals. So, you know, because he gets in front of the camera with some daily update, you know, it, it kind of like, as someone was pointing out, it was reminding, reminded them of like Giuliani, you know, right after uh, 9-11, just kind of like, hey, it's my chance to look presidential and blah, blah, blah. It's just and it's yeah, awful yeah. because... Christy, you know, too, after uh, Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, it's just like uh, Cuomo basically saying, well, we don't have enough hospitals. It's like, yeah, and who closed those hospitals so there could be more condos? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's kind of like I can't take someone like that too seriously. It's just straight up. I mean, you know, most politicians are narcissists. It's fine, but it's like at least be yeah. a little a little good leaning, <laughs> not just complete <laughs> sellout, but whatever. Anyways, yeah, and, uh, you know, beyond all that, we could go back and forth, but I know uh, you do, uh, where, where is your, ra you were doing a radio show for a while too, right? Yeah, um, for a while, for about seven years, I was on a, a different internet radio station here in Brooklyn called B-Box, and I had a, a show called Shantytown, and it was, um, you know, like, pretty straightforward reggae, dance hall and reggae. And um, it was it, it was all you could expect, really, from a, a, a reggae show in New York. You know, a lot of a lot of chaos, a lot of, uh, you know, interrupting the song and, you know, lasers and air horns and talking over the song and, you know, live sessions in the studio with, um, you know, people passing through from Jamaica and a lot of local artists here in New York. Um, nowadays. Um, you know, I left B-Box during the summer. Um, I just felt it was time to move forward and, uh, you know, take a break for a while, take a little hiatus from internet radio or whatever. Um, I was getting a little burnt out. And so now um, I'm doing a show called Coconut Grove on a new station called The Face Radio. And uh, it was started by a guy named Curtis Powers, who had his own show on B-Box for a while called The Face and, um, you know, he just decided to start his own station um, and he built a studio in Bushwick. And, um, yeah, I, I started there. It's it's actually almost been a year now since I've been doing that. Um, and I used to, you know, go into the studio uh, and do a weekly live. And now it's more, you know, since COVID um, and I've been home a lot and, you know, not really going anywhere at all. I, I've been doing it kind of like podcast style where I, uh, you know, just edit it and put it together and, you know, send it to them. Then it broadcasts every Tuesday night at eight o'clock. Um, it's a little, little different energy than, than doing a live show, but, uh, um, I, I, I like it same way. I'm kind of used to the way this is now. Um, so this is like, 
this is like a lot more mellow um, than the, the show I did previously. Um, I don't really have any guests. I don't have any guest DJs. It's just kind of me. And I um, put a playlist together of all different kinds of music, um, mainly reggae, but, you know, also we go into different territories, you know, a lot of American soul. Uh, I love like TK Records uh, whole catalog. So a lot of like disco and funk from Miami and a lot of, uh, you know, stuff from Fania, you know, Boogaloo, Salsa, um, you know, some Afro-Cuban stuff, uh, even some Soka stuff and a lot of crossover, um, you know, a lot of Island Soul, Island Disco, Island Funk. I think I, I mentioned that when I did your show um, way back when, I think, what was it, like last year in November? Yeah, you were years, on my uh, w, WFMU show. That was two years ago in November. Yeah. Uh, I know. And I, things I, just fly by. Yeah, the archives yeah. are up. Uh, WFMU is really great about their archives, so it's up there for sure. Yeah. And I, I, and during that time, I think I kind of planted the seeds for this concept of the show that I want to do now, which is, you know, reggae into, into funk and soul and disco and Latin music, like just kind of like building bridges between all those genres. Um, Cause I think I just got bored just kind of doing straight reggae, you know, roots reggae or dub or, you know, early dance hall or whatever. And I just kind of wanted to, I don't know, just, just the, the concept, I guess, just came from, you know, doing all these live sets where I'm just playing my record collection and I want to go from one genre to the next. And I'm kind of building that bridge, you know, like, like, so I'll, I'll throw in like a crossover record. And uh, crossover I think the concept records. just started from there. Yeah. Crossover records are good. They're some of my favorite records for that yeah. exact reason. Cause then you could just see it as a bridge between genres, you know, Latin yeah. funk being one of them, you know, that then generally transition into salsa or cumbia, you know, it kind of makes it, a little more generally seamless, you know, yeah. in terms of uh, not shaking up a dance floor with, you know, you're changing the complete vibe and speed of the song, you know? Yeah, yeah. So totally. you're kind of like leading people and that, yeah, those crossover records are cool. Uh, they're, they're always like things that I'm always looking for, you know, especially yeah, exactly. that's, that's what's kind of interesting about some of the island funk records and soul records and et cetera. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like sound super pretentious about the concept of the show because, you know, I think like one of the biggest crimes you could commit, you know, in music or, you know, with DJing is overthinking and overanalyzing and over intellectualizing all this stuff. But there is, there is kind of like this like cerebral element to it, like this, this whole method with which I come up with a playlist every week, you know, and, and, you know, just illustrate how, you know, all this stuff didn't, you know, all these separate genres didn't come about in a vacuum. You know, they didn't they didn't just come out of out of nowhere. You know, it's, it's you know, everything is informed by something else, you know. Yeah, Whether it's like you can you can you can draw those lines with music. And if anything, also, it's all happening at the same time, too. So, you know, people are listening to each other's records, you know. Yeah, getting yeah, influenced exactly. by like that. I mean, that's to me a classic thing is growing up getting really into ska as a kid, and then you know finding out later that you know they were influenced by like a bunch of R and B, which is something that I was gravitating to towards the time. So, 
you know, you can draw all kinds of lines between this stuff in terms of yeah. genre, genre hopping and stuff. Exactly. My thoughts. Exactly. And, uh, I, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It feels good to me to do that. It feels good to, you know, show people that, you know, this is all interconnected because I, I grew up in a time where you, musical tastes were so polarized, you know, like every, everything was, you know, such, there were such rigid boundaries with which, you know, everyone listened to music. Like, you know, this guy is a punk rocker. This guy is a goth. This guy's into hip hop. And, you know, like, are you talking about, did you grow up in New York? No, I grew up, I grew up in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Tri-state area, you know? But Um, it was, uh, in terms of just, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Things, things were very kind of a little more polarized subgenre a little bit. Yeah. And I, I, it always, uh, irritated me. That always bothered me, you know, not, not just like, you know, with all the subgenres, but like, it, it seemed like a racial thing too, you know, like, um, the, the first, I think the first genre music I got into was hip hop at a young age, like, you know, eight or nine, I was like watching crush groove and I saw the fat boys and I was like, these guys are awesome. Um, so now I'm like, uh, rap is cool. I like rap, you know? And then I, I started getting into like public enemy and, you know, run DMC and stuff like that. Um, and, and, you know, you had all these idiots around you just kind of, gaslighting you and being like that's black music what are you doing with that that's black me and and you know at, at the same time like like you know um black friends that i have like they would tell me like growing up like if they listen to you know any any kind of rock rock music uh whatever rock music punk rock heavy metal um you know they had people around them tell them that's white boy shit put that down like what are you doing um and that that just always infuriated me man um, so I don't know. It, it, it just feels good to kind of like mesh everything together. And I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of like a middle finger to those people from the past that like always insisted that, you know, you, you had to like stick to one thing, you know? Yeah, no, it does. There, I mean, purism in that sense is, is, is whack. And, and there is kind of also sometimes a lot of racial stuff. I mean, you can just yeah. look at the, you know, the disco riots in Chicago. I mean, there's obviously oh, yeah. a lot of like racist undertones with that kind of rock versus disco debate back in the day, for sure. Yeah. There's been some good articles on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is kind of crazy. And yeah, coming up in a different time, you know, sort of pre internet or whatever it was, it did seem, you know, for me, you know, I was in like the mod scene in LA. So. Yeah, your taste, you know, you would definitely kind of deal with that. And, uh, you know, me kind of drifting into collecting more soul and funk and jazz kind of opened up my taste more, you know. Yeah. Because probably if you talk to me in whatever, the late 80s, early 90s, yeah, I probably hated dance music and all that stuff. So, you know, your your taste, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to like everything, but... I think you should evolve and I think people should be open to even newer sounds. It's not like only the good music was made in the past and everything sucks now. It's kind of a, a backwards way of thinking, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, it, it's weird too. I don't know. Like, like, I mean, we could talk about this all day, just how, how, how things cross over in weird ways. Like the, the whole no wave scene, in new york like uh you know downtown manhattan 
with, um, I don't know, like uh, Liquid Liquid or um, Kong. You're talking or... about like 99 records and... Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like I, w- I wouldn't stuff. necessarily call them No Wave, but, you know, from that era for sure. I was yeah, I guess not more really like... No Wave, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, just like like all the punk rockers that like hated disco and and now that comes out and it's like oh this this is like party but it's it's uh you know it's something you could dance to i don't know like (laughs) yeah well it becomes as you were saying about crossing between genres it becomes sort of a cross genre between rock people and disco people you know yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, the kind of more danceable post-punk stuff yeah you know, but that, I mean, it's a good sound. There's definitely like tons and tons of good records, you know? So, and you know, if people want to keep making records in that vein, I mean, I'm, I'm not for one to say, you know, just like the people like in the hip hop scene trying to make like that sort of mid nineties hip hop record forever. I mean, you know, people's production styles and things can, you know, move on, but uh, like people yeah. have to just make a certain kind of sound, but it's just, I don't know, definitely an edge. I think sometimes, with you know more i've just never been a pop music head just because i find it to be very overproduced you know yeah so that's that's you know as long as people kind of keep it gritty you know i'm definitely open to it yeah it's got to have an edge to it right <laughs> but um yeah i don't know but i mean we can kind of switch back to politics as i know uh that is always uh what have, what have you been kind of like following lately or what have you kind of noticed online I mean, I, I just, I, I haven't been, I haven't been really following anything on Twitter. You know what I mean? The only, the only stuff that I follow on Twitter is like stuff that you post. And then I, I look at it. Um, I, um, yeah, I've been, I've been actually trying not to so much look at anything just cause, uh, I've been feeling so, so bummed out lately. Yeah, no, it, there there is an aspect of uh, just even what's going on, you know, that people need to kind of uh, figure out what's good for them at whatever time in their life, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, I don't know, it's it's such a weird vibe right now. It, it's super tense because the, uh, the election is uh, so close or whatever, um, and I, I think a lot of people are on edge, and people, I, I did notice that. I have noticed that people have been acting kind of squirrely online. And I think that that um, explains why I've seen so many fights take place on Facebook um, and people accusing me of being a, a Russian bot and, and the like, you know, um, it's, it's this it's this I've noticed this um, weird situation where um, people just feel like they have no power whatsoever i think everybody just feels completely powerless and the only sense of power that they have is arguing online so they do that all day and plus like a lot of people are out of work right now and people are staying home so they're just extremely online and um i don't i don't i I don't know anything about that of course (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah i just see a lot of a lot of arguments taking place online um 
or maybe I'm just paying attention to it more, you know? Yeah, but, um, I've kind of, dri- I mean, I've definitely, you know, my forthcoming book, How to Lose Friends and Uninfluence People. But, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> I've I've kind of gone through my arguing, arguing, you know, years on Facebook, and that's why I just have no patience for it now. I, I'm just, I mean, for the people that do debate these knuckleheads about whatever basic human rights concept that I think is really we should all be past debating i i applaud them you know what i mean but i just yeah i don't really i'm tired of debating i mean you know it's just like so and, and i feel like there was someone that had written this kind of series of tweets of course it all gets buried in the timeline but uh talking about this just the general concept that people don't like to be challenged you know like if yeah you know and even like, you know, yeah, maybe if you have some sort of like crosstalk type of cheesy show where you're supposed to have some hot interview, but most of the time you're talking to people that you're friends, you're not trying to like give them all this kind of shit or grief. You know what yeah. I mean? So then what ends up happening is because Facebook, especially with the comments, it sort of leaves it open that if you do post something that is outside, say, this kind of parameter we were talking about, it kind of invites people who are, as you also said, like probably concerned about the election and all this stuff to then sprout off. And it's just, you know, a lot of times it's not from people that I even know that well. <laughs> you know, there's that's the other random thing about Facebook is... Yeah, that's too. Like people, people you've known for before. a long time yeah. and, you know, you probably met them at a party. They're good people, you know, but it's yeah. just like, yeah, your political opinion is shit. Sorry. <laughs> you know, no, yeah. offense, no offense. I mean, and you didn't have to come on my wall to say that, you know. That's the thing that I think is kind of funny. It's uh, it's like, you know, you're on my wall, you know? Yeah. And that's why yeah. I've also tried to just, even when people say really dumb shit, to just stay off their walls because it just gets tiring. You always get grief. And you have to know that. You're coming on someone's yard and saying, hey, I don't like the way you cut your grass. I mean, it's just kind yeah. of, people don't realize it because it's normalized in Facebook, but it's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And it's not and what do you expect? Either. You know, and, like, and, and a lot of times they don't even want a, a real answer for you. So it's a completely disingenuous. Yeah. It's all there for like some ego tripping shit. So I'm just not here for it most of the time. You know, I've responded a lot to people and then like quickly deleted it because um, I, I have second thoughts about it. Just just because like I, I think to myself, is this. What, what's the outcome of this? Is this going to be a positive outcome? Am I going to change this person's mind? Or am I just, you know, kind of like, you know, get my rocks off? Like, you know, it's, it's like the, the satisfaction you get out of, you know, just, you know, leaving a smart remark, like, like some, some saying some slick shit to that the cheap person. Shots. And keeping it moving. You but know? what if you're here for the like cheap? Totally what, if what, life is, for, what if life is about cheap? Sh- I'm, just, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, no I mean, what you're, what's your approach, what you're saying is actually uh, mature, you know, and uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I definitely get angry too, but it's like, I hear you, you know, at a certain point, it's like, what is the point, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know, whatever. But I, you know, like I said, like a lot of these crazy takes you know come from my friends and you know i i love them and i know that their hearts are in the right place but it's just like i i want to like be like stop with the russia stuff man oh yeah well that's one of my the china stuff yeah it just seems like like very obvious games it just seems like the most obvious parlor game you know because it's just one it's a card that's been played so many times you know i mean they were 
blaming black activists in the 60s for being Russian Asians. <laughs> I mean, it just, yeah. it, that's yeah. what's really crazy. It's like the same game that just keeps going back. It's just the same old card. So, you know, like and then, now, and like then if you, you kind of compare that with the backdrop of how many military bases the U.S. has around the world and what they do, I mean, you know, props to Bolivia, you know, but, you know, they mm-hmm. had to deal with a whole year of uh, a complete BS, you know, government. And the U.S. has a heavy hand in all that stuff. And it's like, so stop talking about other countries. Like, it just sort of implies that I feel like people aren't paying attention to the U.S. And I think that is the point of a lot of those stories. It's just always a deflection because in the end, they can't really completely hide what the U.S. empire does. So, you know, they'll settle, you know, they'll settle for like a liberal both sides type of approach, which is also a fail. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, that's the stuff yeah. that kind of gets me worked up because I would like to think that people would know that this is a con. And and it's like, it's not even trying to tell people they're stupid, but yeah, it is it's, It is a gullible thing. If you if you really know the history of the U.S., then yes, it is gullible if you fall for these stories. And yeah. it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. I mean, it's, it's, it is weird how, how, you know, even the people with the best intentions are just blind to U.S. imperialism, you know? Um, it involves, it, it involves rewriting the narrative. It's just something that's not on their radar. Yeah, it know? involves rewriting the whole narrative that we've been fed. So that's, you know, you have to leave that kind of bubble that you think America is a force of good in any way. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think actually, you know, I think people have a hard time giving that up. I mean, the other thing, too, which I rail on all the time is media. You know, I think media does a big part selling that, you know, because you just really don't hear these other voices. Anyways, I'm sorry if I'm ranting here. (laughs) No, no. How did you you kind of like hone in on reggae? Because obviously, you know, you came up listening to hip hop and different genres. But uh, when did you kind of catch the reggae bug? I don't know. It's weird. Like I, um, I was very into hip hop. Um when I was a very young child, like starting at age eight or whatever. And then I, um, I got into punk rock, like around junior high, um, or right when I was getting ready to get into high school. So I got, I got really into punk rock. I got really into the hardcore scene. And, uh, I think the commonality between both of those genres is that, you know, they're, they're like, you know, pretty subversive, pretty um do it yourself you know um it doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot of resources to get started you know you can you can just kind of like you know it's like a very grassroots thing and um even if you don't have access to um you know (laughs) uh, music lessons or you know like proper instruments uh you can you can do both those genres and um make something of it makes make something cool um so anyway like you know, the, I, I think the commonality also between those two genres, uh, hip hop and punk music, is um, you know there's like a big underlying reggae influence. You know, um, I, I you know got into a lot of KRS-One and um, you know who else, uh, Boot Camp, um, a lot of a lot of hip hop that uh, Just Ice also. You know, like all those guys were uh, you know directly influenced by you know early dance hall and and reggae and all that i mean hip-hop itself is influenced by reggae um you know cool herc and all that stuff 
you, Roy, um, Shad on the mic, um, you know, that's that's a direct influence of hip hop right there. Um, and, you know, also with the punk scene, you know, you got Don Letts in the UK um, throwing down dub records at, at all these punk shows and, um, you know, uh, <laughs> John Lydon, uh, Friends with Big Youth and uh, uh, Joe Strummer, uh, you know, The Clash, you know, super influenced by reggae, covered a bunch of reggae tunes. Um, Bad Brains, of course, you know, uh, you know, four Rasta guys from D.C. playing punk and hardcore, all that stuff, you know, like, like, I'm kind of like, wow, there, there's, there, there's something to this uh, reggae stuff there. Um, I want to dig a little deeper into it, you know, and uh, I think the first, you know, straight ahead reggae record I bought was uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Cliff, uh, the, the Harder They Come soundtrack. Yeah, an introduction then, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, I also, that same day, I got a King Kong compilation, like all these, you know, Beverly singles, uh, you know, put out by Leslie Kong, you know, Desmond Decker, Israelites and all that stuff. Um, and that I, that kind of, you know, lit, lit the fuse, I guess. Uh, I started collecting a, a little bit more reggae. Lee Perry, you know, big thing. Uh, stuff like that, you know, Burning Spear, uh, a lot of toots. You know, at the same time, like also, um, you know, a lot of a lot of dance hall and stuff like that. Well, those are always um, mixed with hip hop sets, so. Yeah, totally. You know, like like a big thing for me was like finding the original source of all these samples. You know, I think that's kind of like how I got into digging. Period was just kind of like, you know, retracing yeah, the, the classic steps, classic you know? rare groove style. What's that? Like classic rare groove type of stuff, like just looking exactly. for the samples and a lot of yeah. you know seventy stuff and and yeah, Karis yeah. One definitely jacks. I mean, I think he jacked the Scatolites for edutainment, you know. But yeah, definitely a few songs, you know. Oh, I just I just found that out. That's um, well, I didn't just find that. Out. I knew that, but he there's um, yeah, and it, there's a uh, Jack of Spades, right? There's um, Brentford Road All Stars, Greedy G. That's Greedy that G. Sample? Well, there's then, the other one, uh, the the title track, Edutainment. It's a Scott oh, sample. Oh, I see. Is it, that, that's right, yes. Yes, sampled that for, um, from Scatolites, yeah. And yeah, Greedy G, thing. that's right. He sampled Greedy G, too. That's true. Here's something else that blew me away. This is what I was talking about. He he, he took a sample of the guitar lick from Real Rock, um, the sound dimension, the Studio One record, and that is in Black Cop the 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 um the beat for that that tune black pop that has a that has a guitar lick sample from real rock ah which, right right which is like super it, it was like driving me crazy for a long time i'm like i'm like where does this little bit it's just a little little guitar lick just chopped up and put in there and um and and i just found out it's from real rock which is which blows my mind yeah but but anyway, yeah, like the whole, you know, like rare groove thing, the whole just like looking for those sample and, and reggae is like a big part of that. So I was like, OK, like uh, Boogie Down Productions, um, the P is free uh, samples, Yellow Man, you know, um, and, and that whole, you know, that whole avenue. Now we're going down with, uh, you know, all these all these early dance hall samples and all these reggae samples. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. And what, what would you say? I mean, I guess, you know, we all probably just gravitate to listening to different things at different times. But uh, 
I know you have a bunch of like uh, early 80s dance hall, right? Or 90s dance hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's yeah, all, it's it always seems with all these genres, it's just endless, endless records, you know? Yeah, and I it, it, it like kind of excites me still, but it also like really bums me out because like I know that I will never, ever be finished like looking for all these records. Yeah, and, no doubt. And I will always come across something that surprises me that I that I have never heard about before, you know? Um, and I, it's just never going to be over, you know? Yeah, that is the beauty and the curse. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed now because I I am not really able to buy records. I'm not working right now, and I'm just like I can't I can't justify spending money on records, even though I have all this time now to go digging and you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Well, what you were collecting, you were saying you were getting into like soca stuff. Have you been uh, digging around that? That's definitely a genre I, I need to kind of go a little bit deeper in. Oh yeah, definitely. And and the cool thing about that is, I mean, compared to reggae, like, still not a lot of people are buying soca. Um, I know I, there's actually one guy on the Face Radio. He, um, this guy Jeremy from the Block. Shout out, shout out to Jeremy from the Block on the Face Radio because um, he's like the only guy I know really that um, aggressively uh, collects uh, soca records and and is super into them. Um, but yeah, I mean, so- Soka is always going to play second fiddle to reggae for collectors, I think. But like the the, the cool thing about like some of these Soka records is that there's there's uh, always like a, a cool crossover track on on these LPs. There's a there's like at least one like funky song or at least one disco song or at least one song that has like sick drums, you know, that you can kind of like blend into you know whatever you're whatever else you're playing yeah that is uh, so, about some of those island funk records it's uh you know maybe it's just about a couple tracks because sometimes it's just uh you know like a house band and there'll be what what is that standard uh yellow bird or something <laughs> There's always yeah like yeah a version of yellow bird on every record but uh you know but yeah there is some standout tracks for sure i'm sure I've been thinking about like making a few edits to some of those uh, records, like uh, with uh, extending the break and all that, just because I got all this time on my hands. I might, you know, try try making like some edits with with uh, soca breaks, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm always looking for for sure. That sounds yeah. like a winning winning idea. I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's tricky, you know. You just have to try and. Uh, just kind of stay sane through this and just try to be smart about it, you know, cause it, yeah. it, it, it's tough, you know, it's, it's, you know, just talking to a friend of mine, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I miss DJing. I miss going out for sure. But, uh, you know, it's also trying to stay alive and just be, you know, not a complete idiot about this, you know? Yeah, totally. Not be, not be reckless. Um, I have played out a couple of times, um, you know, under very, safe conditions you know very very rigid um you know safety precautions um and it felt kind of good but it also kind of like just made me paranoid in a way like i I couldn't (laughs) fully enjoy myself you know yeah it's it's definitely an odd time you know hopefully we can just get through this and this thing uh you know sort of worms its way out either through a vaccine or just but uh yeah i I mean, mean i didn't go ahead sorry no, I, I I didn't even do the show. I didn't even do the the face radio show for an entire month um, at the start of lockdown because um, I just I, I was I was just 
riddled with anxiety, like the first month of this lockdown. And I, I did not get out of bed the whole time. You know, I was, I was just freaking out too much. And I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even motiv- motivate myself to get out of bed and start pulling records and, and doing the show from home. Um, I was, I was pretty, um, going off the rails for, for a little bit. I, I, you know, I had to like do a lot of, uh, breathing and a lot of meditation and, and just kind of like adjust to this new situation. Um, because I, I, I I was just taking in all this information. Some of it wasn't, uh, good information, you know, um, and, and just not knowing what the hell this COVID shit was all about. And uh, it really, really messes my head. I kind of like really, um, you know, went into this whole anxiety spell and it was not good. Um, Ironically, what happened was um, around April, uh, a good friend of mine passed away from COVID. Um, You know, he he was going to work every night, I think. And he uh, must have got sick from someone on the train. And, um, yeah, just really, um, kind of took him over and, um, before you know it, um, he was gone and, uh, you know, really, that, that really bummed me out. You know, it was, it was a guy in the NYC reggae community, um, this guy by the name of father German. Oh uh, yeah. I saw I, some posts about, I didn't know him personally, but I saw you and Salam and a bunch of people posting about him. Yeah, he was a good friend to a lot of us. And I, I personally learned a lot about, you know, throwing parties and, you know, sound system and, and just the whole reggae scene here in New York City. I I, I learned a lot from him. You know, he was kind of like a mentor to me. And, uh, you know, so that bummed me out. But that's also what motivated me to get out of bed and start doing the show again, because I was like, he would he would want me to play music. You know, he would want me to, um, you know, like not to sound corny, but just like send some healing vibes out to the world, you know, and, uh, start, start putting mixes together and, and doing this show. Um, so I started, I started doing it again. Uh, that's, that's an interesting story. I was actually going to say, you know, was going to ask you what helped you kind of get out of that, because I think that's something that's like a topic. I mean, obviously even, you know, people losing friends, etc is terrible but just even just the anxiety from this and and dealing with that like even if you don't get the disease just that we're all living in this sort of like <laughs> kind of dystopian framework and it, it, it can kind of do your head in in a little way you know so no totally. i definitely think it's I mean, something worth like talking and like how you can kind of like you know you might get into kind of a little bit of a spiral and how do you kind of like get out of that you know no, totally, man. My my therapist told me that we are all grieving, you know, even if we didn't lose somebody personally, like we we're kind of like grieving, um, you know, the the normalcy that we that we had that it was taken away from us, you know, our whole our whole way of life kind of was stripped away, and you know we're all in a state of grief um, due to that, you know. I just I spent a lot of time like breathing and meditating and like listening to music that calmed me down, you know, that that you know, didn't agitate me. That just like made me feel calmer. <laughs> Put on the napalm death and, uh, you know, breathe deeply. Yeah. Like like just going on YouTube and just like looking for like meditative 10 hour, you know, 
um, <laughs> meditative music videos on YouTube or, um, that's funny though, coming from someone like yourself that probably has a lot of records that are probably better than that video, but Hey, you know, it's what you <laughs> need, true. what you need at the time, you know, put, yeah, up, put no, on those it, old environments records, you know? They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> no, it's, I was, environments. I was just kind of like paralyzed at the time. And that was like, all I could think of to do was like, you know, like listen, listen to <laughs> stuff like that. But, you know, it, I was like, oh, this, this actually helps, you know? And if I could put, if I could start putting shows together where, um, it's, you know, it, it's full of music that's, you know, not like that, but like, you know, with some reggae music and soul and jazz, um, um, stuff that like makes people feel calm, makes them feel, I don't know, like, like, you know, in a calm state and, and, kind of forget about what's going on all around them and help them meditate a little bit um, the calming series. with that music yeah yeah like I, I just kind of like wanted to do that for other people you know because it helped me but yeah man that, yeah my... no I mean there's nothing wrong with that actually I think that's you know that that was something I forget someone posted this on, on Facebook or something several years ago about you know whatever happened to chill rooms you know <laughs> it's like you know with like some of these parties back in the day and it's like yeah, I mean, I think just hearing that music, even hearing it out or, or just, you know, there's always yeah. a time and place. That's what I think, you know, even if you're DJing stuff towards a dance floor or whatever, that's obviously, you know, just nice to have that kind of music, you know. I mean, I'd like to hear it to. out more often, actually, you know. I, I would love yeah. to, like, you know, go to a quote-unquote chill music night if this ever gets started again. Yeah, you know, because I feel like there's just so many records that fall through the cracks because it's like, oh, you, it's just too mellow. You can't dance to it, which is like, yeah, well, absolutely. That, that's there's a lot of other options for music, you know. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, exactly. It can become your favorite hour, you know. Well, yeah. you know, I still have this idea, you know, like I think people were doing this too, but having a party where you just play it like it's the last song of the evening, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just the whole set is just last songs, you know, because yeah, yeah sometimes it were is. Were you the one that posted that? I forget. Somebody, I, I don't know if somebody was doing a party like that already, but uh, it is I something that, that I've been posted. thinking about doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot. I had a, f a fancy name for I think I was going to call it Fiend, you know, F-I-N. <laughs> the end, dude. The end. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I miss, I, I definitely miss uh, doing parties. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think. In terms of just uh, generally chilling out, like literally, you know, you put on music. It's also that's kind of the beautiful thing about music. It 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 can kind of affect your mood in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that that's just my little tiny contribution to make things better right now. You know. Well, maybe we can have better meditation music because sometimes that stuff gets a little like zamfir schmaltzy. You know. Exactly, and and Shouts it would, the it would serve the same purpose to like throw on like a King Tubby's dub or something like that. I Except DJed a same. few yoga classes, and I actually really enjoyed it. I played, of course, Alice Coltrane. You know, I, I played a bunch of crazy. You know, it's like, hey, it's a oh, yoga yeah. class. You know? Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I think there's perfect. there's a lot of there's a lot of a uh, lot of records that you could play in 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 these kind of chill settings that is sort of outside the framework of what you generally hear on these playlists. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh, other things here. Uh. <laughs> But uh, oh, we could talk about how I got um I got Zuckerberg. 
<laughs> Zuckerberg. <laughs> the Russian agent stuff. Well, yeah, because you know why you know why that person um reported me to Facebook? Because I was arguing with him about um Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay, yeah. See, this it is was, another this is another one. This is another like icon that it's like, have you really looked at her record completely, you know? Yeah, totally. And um it was the week that she died. Now this is it's actually funny. Let me start at the beginning because this is like a funny Facebook thing. Um, I joined a group called um, it, it, it's like one of those groups that has a bunch of memes that are um, all right people create about AOC. OK, about stuff that, you know, like stuff that she's never said before, but just like, like fake, fake quotes, fake quotes and stuff. Yeah. Like um, stop killing wild turkeys to make whiskey. Right. And it's like a picture of like AOC saying that um, at, you know, um, at a conference or whatever, it, you know, uh, and, and it's just like, so this group is like collections of memes that AOC never said, but like conservatives love to post it about it. And, you know, that stuff is really entertaining. It's funny to me. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing about like an AOC group on Facebook is that you're going to get like, you know, the Bernie people and you're going to get people that are like a little further left. Um, but you're also going to get people that are like, yes, queen, like on Twitter and like doing all this like fake hashtag activism and, and um, non-intersectional feminism and that kind of vibe. Um, and, and, you know, people that come on and is like, AOC is a queen boss. And it's like, you know, I fuck with AOC, but, um, you know, I, I'm like you in the sense that like she could do a little better with her foreign policy. Her foreign and, policy is kind of shit. Her Just, foreign policy is kind of crappy, yeah. And, like, and I like, mean, like every American politician, but then if she's really trying to stand out, that's that's how you stand out, is you call the U.S. an empire, which I haven't heard anybody say, so there it is. I, nobody, right? Nobody. Like, even, even the most, like, progressive, you know, people it's in the U.S. Emperor's New Clothes shit. It's like, you yeah. know, they can't say it because then they wouldn't have a job. Exactly. Then they, they couldn't work in this town if they, if they said that. <clears throat> but, okay, so <clears throat> somebody changed the name of the group to uh they they changed the title of the group to um pro-palestine anti-liberal shit posting or something like that and it it divided the group in half like it was like a bunch of people you don't say were, <laughs> yeah a bunch of people that were like they were like low-key zionists you know that were like what the hell is this i'm leaving this group i'm out of here exactly and then, and then the other half of the group was like yes let's fucking go you know um, uh, we're well, so that's down good. for this. That's Let's good. Go. That's good that there, there was support because there's always going to be like dumb pushback, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, a bunch of people were like, I'm leaving this group. It's over. And, um, some, some, uh, woman was like, why, um, why is this group split in half right now? And I was like, well, if I had to guess, it would be because half of the people, uh, changed their profile pictures to, uh, rbg as notorious big or whatever nonsense uh <laughs> and some dude stepped in and was like uh why can't you let people grieve the way that they want to grieve for this woman and i'm like all right that's cool you know um i'm you know it, it's i i guess it's a bummer that she passed away she was 87 um we kind of like knew it was coming like you know you kind of like have to be okay with the logic of an 87 year old person passing away um 
She's know? also and, in a and, position of power. I mean, this is one of the most tired arguments. This is, again, why I just try not to get into arguments. It's just... Because it's just like, you know, it's like that Matt Bohr's like cartoon of like that. I am very intelligent. You use a yeah, cell phone. Yeah, you yeah. must be for capitalism. You fly in a plane, you know, and it's but I, it really does come down to like, like, how can you dare criticize? It's like that's what they say to every person in power, including people much worse than her. I'm sure when Kissinger dies, they'll be like, have some respect, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. no. And, I mean, she just voted for, I think, some Appalachia, like, mining project or oil project. I mean, it's like, if you look yeah. at her record, it's, de- it's definitely mixed, you know? It's like no, she's yeah, not an outright fascist, but it's like, yeah, she's upholding this whole game. She even said Kavanaugh wasn't that bad while calling, yeah. uh, you know, Kaepernick disrespectful. So it's like, come on, man. This yeah. is, and and then the thing that I think is annoying about this shit is, like, that's reality, that's what she said. It's like, this isn't cold of personality. We're following policies. We're following what these people actually say, what they do. It's Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, it, it just indicates that a, a, a lot of people are just not paying enough attention, you know, and just kind of are, are swept up in the in the symbolism of it all, you know. And that, you know, that that's kind of like what, what Facebook is, is that, you know, you just change your profile picture to RBG and now all of a sudden you're down for the cause, you know, that's like all you got to do without looking deeper into it, you know? So I I was just like, you know, and then the whole, the whole uh, sentiment amongst those people is that like, Oh, we're fucked now. We're in so much trouble that she passed away. Um, You know, now that now the Supreme court is, is uh, in shambles, but it's, it's like, you know, she could have stepped down earlier. She could have, um, you know, done that when, um, during Obama's second term, isn't that right? Yeah, um, I she, think she, she wanted to. She wanted earlier. to because she wanted Hillary to choose somebody or something. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who oh, knows? Man. So it's just like okay, like you, you can, yeah, you can grieve or whatever, even though you've never met this person, and and know nothing <laughs> of what she, know nothing of what she stands for, or you could lament the fact that we put all our eggs in one in one basket, and was like, okay, this this eighty seven year old woman is it, it, it all rests on her shoulders, like all American democracy just completely rests on her now once she's gone that's it you know and, and, that, and all the like, and all the evil started with trump nothing before that you know and yeah it's like exactly george bush is now respectable i mean it's just it's crazy yeah it is crazy so anyways yes uh, on, on that board though you know no but so i i pushed back on that and i wasn't too friendly about it you know i wasn't i wasn't too uh you know civil about it and i didn't mince words and i was like hey listen dummy like um (laughs) you know we shouldn't shouldn't you know venerate uh you know this woman too much um because you know x y and z and um he was just like well obviously you're you're a russian troll or whatever like you're just over here trolling i'm like how is this trolling you know blah 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 how is this you know what it's it's like it's just like it's infuriated a, it, me even more because it's like any any time you disagree with these people, you're automatically from Russia. You're you're an internet troll and you don't really exist. Yeah. You know, mean, all, meanwhile, a lot of these centrist types, like Sally Albright, who finally got kicked off, had like an entire bot armies. It's all yeah, different. right. It's like yeah. it's basically the, again like the card is the oldest game in the book, which is just projection. It's yeah. like whatever they're accusing you of, they actually do. You yeah, know. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's just. And, and again, it's a cheap parlor trick, but it really does work, especially if you just have enough media outlets echoing, you yeah. know? I mean, it's, uh, 
I mean, that's the whole thing. It's and and it's it's about trying to sort of steer people in a way on like how to think. It is it's very manipulative, you know. Yeah, it's it is it's gaslighting. Yeah, it's a, but yeah, he was like he's like you just don't exist, and uh, reported me to Facebook for not because the name that I used to use on Facebook is you know my professional name my my stage name uh, you know what i play at bars and clubs with that's what my name is on the flyer you know and that's the name that i've used on facebook ever since i've been on facebook and he reported me to uh facebook because um it it, it goes against terms of service that i uh did not use my uh christian name and uh that is why i had to change it i either had to get off facebook or change it to my real name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, again, like when you're arguing with someone who's that nasty and disingenuous, it's just, it's pointless. It's someone who's just trying to get you irate or even try to get you deplatformed, which a lot of people try to do with leftists, you know, yeah. online. And, uh, yes. you know, like I'm currently, you know, banned on Facebook for seven days because I posted somebody else's tweet that was apparently fine for Twitter. But, and as much as I like to fucking curse, which I do, because I think people should be angry. So should, the language should merit it. Like, fuck yeah. the cops, fuck the shit, you know? But then what happens is, you know, you post something and then it says it goes against their community standards, you know? That, that's another big thing that gets me. Which gym, I think man. is that, ironic, posting all day about, you know, shouts of the Bolivian people and, and MAS and all those people, but it's like posting about that all day. So then it makes you wonder, it's like, oh, I say fuck every other post, but all of a sudden today, now it's like I've violated the uh, community standards, which are never defined. Yeah. You're disturbing the peace. <clears throat> like, what does any of this shit mean? Unusual activity. Disturbing the peace. It's like the most vague <laughs> terms, because then it can just, you know, they can make up any reason for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You were just, you, you were being not nice. You were being mean. That's that's the other thing that gets me so much is that that's another form of gaslighting is the the tone policing, um, you know, like like people saying I would listen to you more um, if you weren't so angry all the time, if you if you <laughs> were a little Classic. more friendly with your approach, which which just drives me up a wall, and I know I'm not alone here. Yeah, I mean, again, I I kind of went through this because especially you know I posted a lot about Israel Palestine and followed sources like electronic intifada and mondo weiss and some of those people you know gray zone max blumenthal those people for a long time and when you start yeah. posting that stuff you know that's when i really you know i i wasn't really prepared at first <laughs> you know you just get droves <laughs> yeah. and droves of trolls you know and so at first i you know and you get a lot of these different approaches well i'd listen to you more if you're friendly so then you end up having a friendly discussion that turns into circles and then eventually turns into insults because they start insulting yeah. you and it's like all this shit is completely disingenuous and yeah, you just like yeah. you kind of get tired like i'm very tired of being polite i don't think it's like you're you know you're killing and starving and oppressing people around the globe <laughs> but you yeah. know you'd listen if we were polite of course the fuck you wouldn't yeah it just becomes yeah. another game like civility is a, is another kind of like oppressor's tactic you know, it really is like the kind of tone policing. And of course, because these networks are online, then they want to stay in business and they want to stay essentially as being sort of monopolistic, you know. So, you know, they're going to roll with it. They're going to roll with like, you know, 
how long did it take for Trump to get like, you know, ever stymied on Twitter for anything for half the shit he's posted, you know? Yeah. But meanwhile, I repost a, a tweet that says fuck and it's like, okay, we're going <laughs> to, much less me, like all kinds of news sources, like Ven Venezuelan analysis has been banned a number of times and then they get reinstated because people are like, why did you ban them? And then, well, well we didn't, you know, it was a mistake. <laughs> Right. It's like it's a mistake that's happened like four times, you dipshits. It's just that's so... a classic response too. It was a mistake, or you know? or it like, was like, like you know we we will we noticed unusual activity, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah, because they're yeah the unusual activity is they're not going along with every Western mainstream media source. So I guess that is unusual in that way. Yeah, you know? yeah. strange. It's yeah. strange. <laughs> why aren't you yeah. Why aren't you going along with the you yeah. know you got the script you got the script man. Because I think who yeah. is it? Um, do you ever follow like fairness and accuracy in reporting? You know, I post some of their stuff. It's a it's a good site. This guy Adam Johnson, he's he's pretty hilarious on Twitter. So oh he, no, I'm not familiar. Yeah, sure he I've was he was posting a tweet. Before. Yeah, he was posting a tweet today, just like a guidebook for uh, you know newspaper editors. Now remember, the countries in the global south are strong men. You know, <laughs> they're not democratically elected. They're you know like just all the different like media nuance which is like you said yeah. it's a form of gaslighting you know any anyone yeah. that's against the u.s is obviously bad everyone that's rolling with the u.s even if they chop up journalists <laughs> put them in a suitcase they're good you know it's it's kind of crazy yeah it's wild how we pick and choose um but yeah i mean getting like arguments on facebook and all that stuff and, and i understand it's just I mean, for me, it just really centers around human rights. I, I, you know, I mean, I understand that concept of like you want to get a good zinger in when someone just says something dumb or whatever. But beyond that, it's like it's really not even about winning the argument. You know, it's like you know, yeah. a lot of times, you know, I'm just posting this stuff because it's terrible. It shouldn't be happening, you know. And so that's why even arguing about if it's happening and and all these kind of like sort of nonsensical arguments, you know it gets kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. You just kind of lose sight of like, what, what is the purpose of all this? What are we even doing right now? You know, cause it's not helpful. Um, you know, it's, it, it sucks, man, but it's just like, I mean, I think you got to get the information out there. That's why I kind of drift away from arguing. It's more like, you know, people, you know, you're going to come, you know, all of our, you know, even our musical tastes evolve. And I feel like, you know, even that classic sort of like, well, as you get older, you're going to get more conservative. But I actually think, at least for me and a lot of people, it's actually the opposite, you know? Yeah. It's like, as you get older, you kind of realize, all right, I need to keep, I need, I have so many books I should be reading, you know, like. Well, maybe we educate. just don't have enough money yet. Yeah. Like if. I think when you're older and you accumulate more wealth, maybe you get more conservative, but you know. <laughs> yeah, because you're looking at it from, from a tax break perspective. Yeah. I'm still in the same boat. So, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, angry and poor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky, you know, because in the end, it's like for, you know, you don't have to necessarily even be trying to make tons of money, but as like, you know, cities become more and more expensive, then you really do start to get priced out. It's, it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah. shouldn't, it shouldn't be that difficult, but you know, it, this is a system where, you know, like I said, they, they can't even provide medical care in a pandemic. It's just nuts. It's just, yeah, there's, there's, there's aspects of the society and, and that's when people are saying like, well, you're too angry or if you're tone, it's like, you should be pissed. 
and it shouldn't yeah. it shouldn't it shouldn't care if you're laying it with like curse words or you're writing some like dissertation paper it's like it's a real basic one you know yeah take care of people and i just don't i i just see all these like these stupid excuses for you know just to keep the system going how it is it's just depressing you know no i find i find passivity to be more offensive than uh you know a bunch of curse words you know bunch of bunch of foul language i i think i think just the 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 passivity just the uh the attitude that you know we let's just have a civil discourse and uh you know at the end we'll agree to disagree well that just indicates that that none of this really directly affects you and that you know you <laughs> you could afford to not be passionate about about you know any of the takes that you have that's true like yeah like talk about someone that's like civil discourse when your country is being you know, someone like yemen that's being you know starved to death and has diseases and you know all kinds yeah. of shit. It's like, yeah, it's not really about civi civili civility no. at that point. It's like, let's and, 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 to, and actually suggest civ civility is a fucking insult. And you should be it, even more pissed. It is insulting, you know? right? It really it's is. Like, it let's really stand is. in front of this burning house and talk in a calm manner about the best way to put it out. You know? Ridiculous shit. Absolutely ridiculous shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's the stuff that kind of like does kind of get irate, you know? Because it's just... I don't know. Like, you know, we could go on and on. I, I feel like, the, the, you know, a big problem, too, is just America doesn't look outside its borders, doesn't look and see what it does around the world to these other countries. And, yeah, you know, and of course it's going to creep back into our own society, you know, even as basic as we have a bunch of extra armored vehicles. Let's send it to some podunk police you know station yeah. that has like a town of 200 people where they have an armored car you know what i mean it's kind of like it just gets kind of ridiculous you know yeah i'm just bummed that i can't get cheap lithium right now you know <laughs> <laughs> i know tesla stock went down two percent always a good thing definitely some yeah. good memes on the internet for sure well there was that um who was at the uh trying to think Camacho or whatever one of the fascist leaders in Brazil uh, no, Brazil Bolivia was uh crying you know you gotta love seeing really yeah 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 because of the elections well yeah yeah because you know they, they it was like a landslide victory and it's like you gotta love it when fascists cry that's just a nice thing <laughs> yeah we, we gotta have more of that man I want to see some more fascists when cry. is Kissinger dying the fuck man uh, yeah. i know people keep i mean when is that guy dying he's just indestructible it's ridiculous only only the good die young. i know only like the good die young. billy joel says <laughs> <laughs> except we need to go back to allentown for that 45 show you know oh my god don't even get me started man there's like going back actually to you know what man <laughs> I, i'm actually because i worked at fmu record fair last year okay and and um you know like like we set up the table early and had all the cheap stuff available. And, and you know, like the people that come in like before it even opens up, that might they, be they, me. Huh? That might be me. You weren't, <laughs> you weren't around this time though, but there were, you know, there's, you know, like even, even bigger nerds than you, Jim. Oh, I'm, I slowed down quite a bit too. Cause like you said, you know, you gotta like, you know, clock the, the money output input thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's a little, plenty like, worse nerds than me. It was like, <laughs> It was like hungry, hungry hippos, man. Oh like, yeah, these, that's like I call it the piranha tank. 
piranha tank. Yeah, it's like a piranha tank. No, yeah, it's what like, it is. They, it's they ruthless, and people are nipping, nipping at your elbows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you done with that box? And you done with that box? That was the first year I worked at FMU Record Fair, and I made some good money. Like, it was good to make a little extra money over the, the weekend, but... um. Yeah, I used to do that for many years. I would sell and buy, and then that way, it would like, the money would be coming in and going out, and, exactly. you know, it was, yeah, it was but good. It was, I was kind. Of, I was like secretly relieved this year to not have to do that again because it was, it just uh, all all those. Well, if you if you're prone if you're prone really... to some anxiety stuff, it is definitely a little manic. It's crazy. <laughs> people are kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, because I I tend to shop at a few people now. Like I I go to uh, Marty who uh, runs Steady Sounds in Richmond, Virginia. So oh, shouts sure, shouts yeah. to Marty. Yeah who used to work at Academy and his prices are tight and he just has crazy records. So you, he gets like, you know, cause now he's based in Richmond. He gets all this mid Atlantic stuff too. And just a lot of different, you know, even his one to $5 box. It's like, you just get crazy ballads. And so, but of course, you know, there's all these other dealers and it is like pre show and he always opens at like three. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it is a straight up piranha tank. And I remember, I think this last fair, I kind of screwed up because I'm like, oh, it's not three yet. All right, let me go to someone else's table. But then I was listening to a few things and I was like, oh, fuck, it's 310. And of course, it was already swamped, like two, three deep. You know, it's like you trying to get into some like Miami club during like, you know, <laughs> yeah, winter music yeah. conference or some shit, you know. Yeah. But there's a few times I was there, like, and kind of was like first in with some of the boxes and definitely, yeah, it's just. But it is crazy. There's people literally like directly behind you, like arms everywhere. Yeah. I just don't have the nerve for it. But... It's loopy, you know. But I, I just did, I just what? try to grab was... a bunch of stuff and then pull it aside to listen to. And then, you know, then what I can do is take that whatever my pile is that's listening out of the fray. And then, of course, what you yeah. get constantly from the people digging is like, any of these do, do you want not want any of those and so then you have like a reject pile that then they're going through but yeah i mean record buying can be very manic i guess because there's just so many good records and you can yeah. obviously go completely broke trying to buy them all so then of course you want to get it some bargain and whatever so it does kind of make people a little manic and i don't try to take it so insanely seriously i'm not going to have all the rare records ever it's fine. I'll have what I have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like live and let live, like calm the fuck down. You know, it's all good. <laughs> you know, I don't care. There was a guy who, uh, he brought his portable and he set it up on, on the box of 45s that he was looking through. And he would like put on a 45 and, and listen to it while he was digging through the, the same box. And you know, he was just super close, and he was set up on top of everything. So people so, can flip through the box. Yeah, like, and somebody was flipping through the box next to him and, like, elbowed him just a little bit, and the needle jumped on his portable, and he, like, ripped off his headphones. It was like, what the fuck? And it's like, dude, you're not the only one here, <laughs> man. You're setting up shop in front of, like, everybody here. And you're blocking. And the thing is, that must annoy the dealers because, like, no one can go through the box that he has. See, I'd always set it up at, like, some side table or something because, yeah. yeah. I think or it you was get Carolina or... Soul Box. They were good guys. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What What are some do's and don'ts for, for record shoppers out there? Because I know you were you were working another place that was uh, doing a lot of mail order stuff. Ah, uh -huh, yes. Uh, well, what are what are some ago. things for some basic record buyers to, to do or don't or look out for or whatever? Um, don't 
well, you know what? Don't don't pull like a whole stack of records and then set up at the at the uh, listening station. Don't do that. Don't get a whole damn pile and then spend an hour at the listening station. I think that that's that's number one. That I think that's what infuriates people the most. Um, You're just taking too much time, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like get a little pile. I think that's why I think that's why some of those stores have limits to how many records you can listen to at the station at one time. Like maybe it's like a, a five five record or ten record maximum. Um, you know, because people do spend all day at the listening station and uh other other people want to hear the records that they will potentially be purchasing. Uh I think that that's like really it, you know? Um do you ever see any kind of like fuckery with like discogs or mail order or stuff like that? No, nah, not really. I, 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 I mean, I only deal with people on discogs that have good ratings. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I think if they have like less than 97% on discogs, I don't even bother with them. Right. Um, <laughs> um, so I've, I've never really had like any discogs horror stories which is, um, it's, it's kind of weird too, because I, I did order a few records during the pandemic when the post office was in complete disarray. I mean, it still is, but like at the beginning of the pandemic, like stuff would, you know, I, I would order from somebody in Pennsylvania and it would end up in Tennessee wow. and then it would end, end up in New Jersey, like tracking all this stuff, you know? And it, okay, so it's at a shipping station in New Jersey. Now it's in like you know Connecticut. Now it's coming to New York finally, and uh, you know that that's kind of crazy. But uh, I never I never really had a bad experience with uh, you know people on Discogs. Every everybody's been uh, true blue with me. On that's that, good. Thankfully, that's good. Yeah. Nice man. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to to wrap about or whatever? What what do you what do you have uh coming up for uh, the mix? Did you you already had to put together, right? Yeah, so I um, it's gonna be a therapeutic mix. Ah, it's, nice, uh, perfect. This is great. It's gonna be a therapeutic mix. Um, that that that's my whole vibe now, man. My the whole the whole chill wave. You've got vibe you've now. got new age spiritual. You've gone full yeah, circle. Yeah. I used to be I into think... punk rock and hardcore. Now I make uh, you know new age music. I kid. Yeah, I kid. that's the that's the story of my life, man. <laughs> I I think because I I think I've stressed so many people out with my music over the years that like now I have to like atone. put it on a more atone. I have to yeah I have to atone for it and like send out calming vibes to people now because um the the music that I used to listen to is like so abrasive, but no this this is just me. It's not like all the stuff in there is not gonna be like particularly like happy music like it's not gonna be happy vibes some of it's very melancholy um like i got a brian wilson tune in there and i got um um a special song that's like super melancholy and then a lot of you know a lot of reggae in there um but it's it's not necessarily happy music but it's all music that makes me feel better when i'm when i'm down so uh that's, that's very that's classy of you very classy of you i really appreciate that that's dope yeah and uh i mean you know like re i love reggae obviously and it's very very soothing um but a lot of the lyrical content is like kind of fire and brimstone 
you know, like a, like judgment is going to uh, befall you. Uh, and hopefully, jo- and hopefully, Babylon will fall one of these fucking days. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why I like it so much, man. Because like, it is it is like super soothing. It is super mellow, but like, you know, it, it soothes the anger in me too. Like the the anger and the helplessness that I feel a lot of the time. And, you know, it, it's good to listen to somebody saying that you know God's got this. Like Jah is going to punish the wicked and and. You need not really stress about this too much because, you know, there, there's this divine presence that's that's going to even things out one day, you know, whether or not that's true. You know, I like to take comfort in that. Well, yeah, know? I mean, I think who is it? I forget, maybe Mar- Margaret Kimberly, who's like a part of the Black uh, Black Agenda Report. But uh, I think she said something about how, you know, you just you have to have hope as like activists. I'm not sure if she said it. It was something I definitely saw online, but it's true. I feel like, you know, you you know again being nihilistic is <laughs> it's kind of a form of privilege because obviously it's you know you're not the one that your livelihood is being threatened if you're just like oh i'm just gonna you know it's it's a fight so and and i think you know it's important to kind of like just not necessarily be naive like it is all going to work out automatically but that you know we're all trying to work towards that you know and uh, yeah that's a way to kind of keep going you know instead of like completely losing hope or or like you said before, kind of getting into a spiral, like getting out of those places so that we can, you know, keep keep the hope alive, whatever that means, you know. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's that's all we have uh, at this very, point. Very cosmic way to end here. Well, anyways, thanks a lot, man. It was uh, <laughs> that's good. So uh, cool. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, checking out the mix. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's good. It's good. <laughs> I like. I, I like. Trust it. It's you. all songs that I like. I wouldn't I, put on anything that I didn't like. No, I mean that's that's one of the things too about even doing radio and doing stuff like that. I mean, you know, sometimes with DJing, you gotta you know play to the crowd, and depending on the gig, etc. You may not yeah. be playing your favorite song at the moment, but uh, that's that's the essence of it. I think is just playing stuff you like. You know, to hear Tony Conqueror's exclusive Stark Reality playlist check out episode 20 of Stark Reality on Mixcloud or live and direct on jasoncharles.net podcast network music shows. You've been listening to Small Changes, Stark Reality on jasoncharles.net jasoncharles.net Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep.